Welcome to the latest episode of my podcast about horror video games, Zero Brightness. Uh, so I have an episode that we already recorded that is going to come out soon. That is me and Monica and Vincent talking about The Quarry. Very fun episode. Definitely one that y'all are going to enjoy. Definitely a game that a lot of people have asked me about. So that's going to be great. But today... I thought I'd do something a little bit different for a number of reasons, but the big one, the first thing that comes to mind is that today is an advertisement for our Patreon. Yeah, I think a lot of you already know, but if you don't know, this show has a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash zero brightness, or you can go to zerobrightness.com, which is a redirect to a link tree that will send you to all of our media, social and otherwise. Anti-social media? Is that what like a, a podcast and audio only format is? Let me know. Um, but yeah, and you know, uh, the main show, obviously, it's usually me and a guest or it's a written essay that's just me. Uh, and it's bi-weekly, but on the off weeks, I do podcasts like this. It's usually just me. Um, giving you some quick informal thoughts about topics that you know listeners send in or that I think of or games that I play that I'm not necessarily going to do a full episode on. And today I thought it'd be fun to do one of those, you know, shorter, more informal episodes about a game I played that I feel like landed right in between something that I would just do on Zero Brightness Plus, which is a show that I do on Patreon, and Zero Brightness, which is the main show that we do on this feed. Um, yeah, I, I played something that over the weekend that I feel like lands right in between. I thought, hey, you know what? I'll do a Zero Brightness Plus style episode as a main episode of Zero Brightness, and it will be, uh, yeah, just a little plug for the Patreon. So if you are not a member or you've never checked it out, um, please do. It's really fun. There's lots of content on there. There are multiple tiers that get you access to different content. Uh, Zero Brightness Plus is also not always just me. I frequently do bonus um, content that was cut from main episodes, especially if it's like, you know, me and Josh or me and Cole, because we just hang out in the space and we end up chatting for a very long time. So, you know, those end up... Uh, producing a lot of like extra content. And then also sometimes Justin and I jump on there and we'll do a Patreon exclusive episode that is a lot more like an episode of the main show. So lots of stuff to check out. The Patreon is very cool. I appreciate so much everyone who supports the show on there. You're the reason why I can still do it. It's very helpful to get some extra money every month that goes towards all of the production stuff that lets me make this show basically all of the software subscriptions the rent on my music space etc 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 so yes please check it out but also more importantly 
I think this is a great format for this game that I played, which is Amnesia the Bunker. I don't know why I'm being so cagey about it. Because like I said, I feel like for me, this game landed in such a weird space where it's like, I almost want to write an essay or have a guest on to talk about this game, but I also like didn't have quite the kind of experience I expected with this game or quite the kind of experience that would normally lead me to do a full episode on it. So let's just get down to it. Let's do something kind of fun and casual. And uh, yeah, I will just give you some thoughts on Amnesia the Bunker. So Amnesia is now a very long running horror video game series. And I say that with some incredulity because I never expected it, right? Like the original Amnesia is a huge game, massively successful and hugely influential. I mean, in a lot of ways, Amnesia paved the way for the current horror game landscape that we all enjoy, you know, like by the end of the sixth gen, survival horror had kind of run out of steam and it was dying. The seventh gen started up and people were just not interested in old school horror games and nobody had presented a compelling model for future horror games to follow. That's where Amnesia comes in. It basically showed that you could do an exploration based combat free horror experience that was still visceral, thrilling and just overall very exciting and fun. Basically, a lot of the horror games throughout the 2010s, which is when we got this big boom of games that set the stage for, once again, the landscape we are in now, a lot, if not all of those games, more or less aped the style of Amnesia and took it in whatever direction they were interested in. So yeah, without Amnesia, it's really hard to imagine what horror games would look like today. And, you know, we did an episode on it a long time ago. I think it's held up pretty well. There are some odd design choices that I will talk about later that maybe haven't held up so well. And like, yeah, the game is a little bit dusty at this point. It came out in 2010. So, you know, some of the ideas maybe aren't as amazing now as they were then. The visuals definitely aren't as amazing now as they were then, etc., etc., etc. Now, as a series, Amnesia has walked a very, very strange path. You've got the original game, Stone Cold Classic. Most people, if not everyone in this sphere, loves it, right? It's great. But the sequel was kind of an odd choice. Um, for the sequel, they had a different developer do it altogether. Frictional, the creators uh, of Amnesia, did not make this game. and. It shows. Um, the second game, which is called Amnesia, a machine for pigs, is a weird game um, visually and aesthetically and its whole vibe are weirdly off-putting. I think a lot of people expecting something like the laid back, low key, gothic horror punctuated with like really, really visceral scares of the original game were put off by the game's whole thing. And I am including myself in that. I've tried the second Amnesia game. I've played a little bit of it. I found it to be extremely off-putting and I 
just uh, thus far I have had no interest in going back. Nobody has even tried to sell me on this game. Um, you know, if you are listening and you're like, you really should check this game out. It's actually awesome. Or it's actually, you know, there's something interesting about worth talking about or whatever. Let me know. Because uh, so far I've had no enticement to return to it. What I did really enjoy, however, was the third game in the series, which is called Amnesia Rebirth. Once again, there is an episode about this game that you can check out, and I was actually a really big fan of Amnesia Rebirth. I, you know, this game is interesting because I see why they made it, but I was also really surprised when they announced it. It's the follow-up to what I would consider to be their masterpiece, Soma, a game that I really, really love, have covered on the show before, and I'm going to cover more. I'm actually currently writing an episode that, you know, heavily features that game. Uh, it's one of my favorite games ever. I think it's a masterpiece. And coming out of that, I was really curious what they were going to do next. Not just because I love Soma, but also because Soma was kind of a left turn for Frictional. It moved things in a much more philosophical and narrative direction. There are obviously gameplay systems in the game, but they all uniformly kind of support the narrative, so much so that they later patched in um, a mode you could play that took out death and uh, any like mechanics that would stop you from literally just walking through the game and experiencing it more like a linear narrative, like say a book or a movie. And that's really where the brilliance and depth of that game lies, although it's also deeply intertwined with the gameplay elements, which is why I think it's such a masterpiece of video games specifically, as well as just being like a great story and a great piece of narrative fiction. Amnesia was not like that. Amnesia was much more an update on an old survival horror style game, one that did away with combat, but kept things like notes and voiceover as well as a more traditional way of delivering the narrative. So I think that in some ways there is a little bit of a come down from Soma into Amnesia Rebirth. Amnesia Rebirth is a much more traditional video game with a much more traditionally delivered narrative. It's not going to push boundaries and it's also not going to blow minds. That said, I really, really appreciated and ended up really enjoying Amnesia Rebirth because it felt like creators who have mastered a certain art just showing you how well they can do this thing that they do. Amnesia Rebirth is an exceptional linear exploration based horror game. You're mostly meant to just move through it and experience the story. Along the way, you're going to solve puzzles and escape from enemies and do chase sequences. But the main point of the game is to move through the narrative and experience it. There's a lot of great writing, great voiceover. There's a lot of beautiful visuals and really stunning aesthetics. I love the use of daylight and color in this game. It also transitions really nicely from a different historical setting than the original game, but still a historical setting into a completely fantastical one that feels very, very influenced by like 
weird fiction and the kind of otherworldly horror settings that we saw in something like Eternal Darkness. It's a really cool game in that regard, and I think it's super underrated. Once again, I also think that the writing is really, really great. And my favorite thing about it is that it actually tackles some sensitive topics that horror games, especially in this style, frequently fuck up. Namely, the main character is pregnant, and her pregnancy and the looming birth of her child are actually woven into the narrative. They are important themes in the game, and when those themes are, you know, addressed head-on in the game, it's done in a way that is actually tasteful and well done. I mean, this is the sort of thing that like Outlast 2 completely biffed, so it was very, very cool to see it done well in Amnesia Rebirth. That said, for me personally, I felt like, once again, as I alluded to earlier, that there is a bit of a step down from Soma to Amnesia Rebirth. Amnesia Rebirth just flat out isn't as good as Soma, which I'm accepting of because like, what the fuck is? But it also didn't really replace the things that were missing with something else compelling. That is to say that like Soma is a game that has a ton of depth in the storytelling and the narrative design and the experience of, you know, being inside the game. And it's that depth that is going to make you want to spend more time in that game, like replaying it and thinking about it and talking about it with other people. Going towards Amnesia Rebirth, because it lacks some of that depth, and it is just a smaller scale, more character-focused story overall, because it lacks that thing that Soma had, you kind of need to replace it with something else. And they just sort of didn't. Like I mentioned, it is a little bit more gamey. There are things like chase sequences rather than like sneaking by an enemy a handful of times in the game, like in Soma. And there are more traditional puzzles for you to solve. There are much, much larger and more detailed areas for you to explore. So it does feel a little bit more like a video game, but it's also not exactly the kind of thing that you're going to want to replay a lot. I played Amnesia Rebirth about one and a half times and I, I'm probably not going to want to replay it until a long time from now, like when I've completely forgotten the game even existed, maybe then something will click on in my brain and I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to replay that. In contrast, I've played Soma like four times, which is psychotic because that game is so, so, so depressing that after the first time I played it, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to touch this game again, but I just keep getting sucked back into it because I love it and it's amazing and there's just so much to look at and think about and ponder and it's awesome. I mean, it's just such a cool game. So uh, to me, I guess editorializing a little bit about the transition from Soma to Amnesia Rebirth, I kind of felt like Amnesia Rebirth is a masterclass in how to do this one specific type of game. But I also feel like it was kind of a final look back, like, yes, these are the games that we made when we started our company. Here's the best version of it we can possibly do. Now we can move on to other things. And it does seem like that is the direction the company is going in. They are working on a new project that hasn't been announced yet that they claim is going to be more like Soma in the sense that it is experimental. It is weird, it is deeply philosophical, 
And it's not exactly like a normal video game, like, say, anything in the Amnesia series. In the meantime, though, they kind of surprise release, at least to me, this game was just not on my radar at all, a new Amnesia game called Amnesia The Bunker. So, what is Amnesia The Bunker? Well, it seems to be a game that kind of combines all of the Amnesia games into one in order to make something new and also to make something that feels distinctly more like a traditional video game than any of the other Amnesia games. The storytelling in Amnesia The Bunker it definitely takes a backseat to the gameplay, which is largely procedural and also largely there to freak out the player. Put simply, Amnesia The Bunker, more than any other game that Frictional has ever made, feels like a game that is trying to scare you. It is a game that is supposed to be like a visceral white knuckle experience. And in a lot of ways, they've done that very, very well. This is also a video game that is much more systems-based and gameplay-focused. To me, it feels like a combination of the original Amnesia, the original Resident Evil, and Alien Isolation. So you've got a game that has the vibe of the original Amnesia, where you're kind of just slowly walking through the dark and slowly losing your mind while also finding notes and getting narration about a disaster or something bad that recently occurred. It also feels a lot like the original Resident Evil because you are very, very underpowered yet still expected to do combat. There is a ton of inventory management and there are a lot of items to find and manage as you move through the game and desperately try not to die. The final big component here is alien isolation because throughout this entire game, you are stalked and hunted by a giant, extremely powerful monster that can one hit kill you. So if you throw all those things into a blender, you kind of get amnesia the bunker. There's also a very strong historical setting here. This time it's World War One, and it plays not just into the narrative, but also the game's mechanics. Everything that you use in the game from weapons to tools is period appropriate. So you have a noisy flashlight that you have to crank, which will alert the enemy to your location. You've got a really shitty six shooter revolver that can like barely do anything. Uh, and then you've got various types of explosives that on the contrary are like way too powerful and could easily accidentally kill you if you try to use it on an enemy. All of these things are very, very cool. And I have to say, the first couple hours of this game are fucking amazing. After a very cinematic intro, you find yourself in the titular bunker, which is dark and foreboding and creepy. Initially, you're just trying to get the lay of the land, so you slowly make your way towards the nerve center of the bunker, which is administration. Once you're there, you kind of get the layout of the game's first area. In the middle is administration, where there is a gas generator that supplies power to the bunker. And there's also a save point, an item box, and a map that is slowly annotated as you play the game and discover things. From here, you can go out and explore the bunker. And like I said, the first couple hours of the game, you're mostly in this small central area and the game works perfectly. 
You're meant to go out and explore and find puzzles, find the items to solve said puzzles, and also just discover as much as you can so you can maybe get some extra supplies in order to live through this experience. You're also always pretty close to that central administration office, which you can use as a safe room, although you do need to manually lock the doors. Pro tip for all y'all listening, you remember to lock the doors. This is also where you can deposit items to deal with the very small limited inventory that you start with and to make strategic decisions about when to use the generator. Once again, this is a gas-powered generator. Gas is a resource that you find in this game and that you will need to manage in order to keep the generator running. This part of the game, once again, is so, so, so good. It feels like a very well-done modern update on a classic survival horror game. You need to manage your extremely limited resources you need to make strategic decisions about when to save. You need to make even more important strategic decisions about when to run the generator. So like maybe you turn it on to go complete one puzzle or find one item and then you turn it off to do another. And you're always close to the safe room. So as you're going around, you'll hear the monster. And side note, the sound design on this monster is like so, so, so good. It is so fantastic. And you'll have a lot of near misses with this monster. This part of the game is really thrilling. It's like you going out, doing short little runs, using whatever illumination you can find to find items and complete puzzles, and then booking it back to your safe room where you can save and strategize on what you do next. The monster in this game is so cool as a kind of ephemeral or ethereal presence. Like, Something that you hear a lot, but you don't see a lot, and you're always just narrowly missing. Maybe you'll die once or twice, but that's like part of the fun, you know? This setup, however, means that the game's first major challenge is lifting the lockdown on the bunker. You do this by finding a crank and using it to open a bunch of metal shutters that are blocking off wings of the bunker that you need to access. As it turns out, that small central area is really just like the starting point of the bunker, and it's actually like huge. There are all sorts of different wings that you'll need to explore in order to complete the game, although the first two are a maintenance wing and a prison wing. These areas are large. They're full of their own puzzles, narrative and items to collect, and it's really, really impressive. However, for me, this is unfortunately where the game started to fall apart. Going into these outer areas means that you are suddenly very far from the central hub, and it exposes a lot of problems with this game's design. First and foremost, the more you have to deal with the monster, the shittier you realize it actually is. For starters, it looks like shit. It looks so weird and old and janky. It also kind of acts the same way. It's a really, really simple AI that feels like it's always trained to have a beat on you and can just one hit kill you in any moment. It also reveals that they kind of did a thing similar to what they did in the original game where they gave you bad advice to see if you would follow it. Although this time it's a lot more frustrating. Specifically, they kind of give you some hints and tips for how to stealth around this monster and 
everything they say is a lie, which means that the first few encounters you have with it, you will probably die. This also exposes another very frustrating quirk of this game, which is that there are no auto saves. It's only a manual save system. And if you die, you're going to be kicked back to your last manual save. This kind of gets wrapped up in a bunch of other mechanics in the game that all make this experience extremely unfun and dare I say, kind of a boring slog. Let me give you an illustration here. So one of the first areas you can go to after you lift the lockdown is the prison area. Entering the prison means that you are going to get sucked into a scripted encounter between the monster and a German prisoner. You're going to hear a brief exchange and then you'll hear the prisoner die. Now, if you follow the advice the game's been giving you and try to stealth through this, you will also immediately die. The monster will just appear wherever you are and kill you. The solution to this puzzle is that you're supposed to run through the thing the game told you never to do and that logic dictates you would also like not do. Figuring this out probably entails you dying a number of times and getting kicked back to your last save, which even if it's as close as possible to the scripted encounter, means that you're going to have to walk through the entire bunker back to the entrance to the prison area. It's annoying and it's also boring. This is also extremely annoying because if you don't figure out right away that you're just supposed to run, you might also try to game some of the game's other variables like, well, maybe I'll try running the generator and then not running the generator. The result of these things, well, it just doesn't matter. Either way, you're going to die. All you have to do is just disregard what the game told you and run from the monster. This gets into another major problem with the game, which is that they kind of claim that it has a bit of an immersive sim element to it. Like one of the first big puzzles you need to solve involves like the literal basic elevator pitch for an immersive sim, which is like, what if there's a door that you could either blow your way into violently or you could sneak into through a vent? Furthermore, in either eventuality, the game will respond in kind. Wouldn't that be cool? That's an immersive sim. So like, that's what this game literally tells you to do, and it tells you that that's the way the game is meant to be played. It tells you when you start it up, it tells you when you die and you're waiting at the loading screen. Like they really harp on this point. However, I found that once you get into those outlying areas and there's a lot more scripted encounters and a lot more encounters with the monster, that was simply not true. There are certain puzzles that have a couple different very basic solutions, but like there's always one right way to do it. There's always one single right way to do it without bringing the monster down on your head is what I should say. That's actually far more accurate. And all the other variables are kind of just there to confuse you and throw you off. It's really, really frustrating because like I don't find any of these ideas or systems or gameplay elements to be like fun or interesting or even that deep. Like the generator is literally just an annoyance. It's another thing that becomes an item scarcity inventory puzzle, which is like a very, very undercooked and unfun part of this game. It also gets into like the stealth being really, really bad and like avoiding the monster being just like kind of a non-existent part of this game. It's not that you need to like discover places to hide or figure out how to use the stealth. It's like 
these things don't even exist in this game. You just need to do it right. Like you need to either run or not run. You need to either like detonate something or not detonate something. It's very, very simplistic. And it's also very, very binary. I think it seems like they wanted to make something more similar to an immersive sim, but they didn't put in the work to make sure the mechanics had depth. This also means that all of the like stress inducing item scarcity stuff that's in this game, and there's a lot from like fuel to bullets to health items, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, just don't really hit home. They don't end up enhancing the game or making the experience more fun. They just make it more frustrating and they lead to it being more boring. Another big part of this is that like this game has the same problem that just about every frictional game has where they haven't figured out a way to integrate death into the game. Death is not a smooth or well integrated part of the game, which means that like dying and having to do something over is not enjoyable in these games. You really want to avoid death and avoid failure. And that's the literal polar opposite of an immersive sim. An immersive sim is a game that is so rich and its systems are so deep that you just have fun experimenting, trying different things, dying, fucking up. Like that's part of the fun. That's like part of what makes these games great. Amnesia the Bunker seems to want to be that kind of game, but it's just simply not. Another great illustration of this is like the second place I tried to go to, which is the maintenance wing. The maintenance wing has a bunch of rats, and this is a challenge that you can either run past or you can try and kill them with an explosive or throw something heavy at them. But the rats are just so, so annoying. They're really ugly and shitty looking. They're very poorly programmed. And a lot of times they will glitch out and block your progress. Even if like you're doing something right and they should scatter, they won't. And you'll just be stuck standing there waiting for them to move. This gets into another major problem of the game, which is that there are a ton of bugs and glitches. Get ready to fall through the floor or have things not work the way that they're supposed to work or have your controls just simply not work randomly. Like this game is a mess in that regard. And so when you have this experience where, well, you're going to die because the game is really punishing and unfair, and then you're going to die because you run out of certain things and you mismanage, so there's user error, and then also add on that you're going to die because the game is buggy and glitchy, it's one thing too many. Like, you can have maybe one and a half of those, but three is... That's rough, man. That's a really fucking hard sell. There's another huge issue here, which is a game breaking issue that fans of immersive Sims will be unfortunately familiar with. And this game has this problem in spades. Specifically, it's that you can soft lock your save. It's almost comically easy to soft lock your save. I thought I did it once because the game will let you accidentally or purposefully save in the middle of being killed by the monster and you will lock yourself in an infinite death loop. But fortunately for me, I realized that I actually had one bullet left, so I was able to try it like eight times and on the eighth I managed to just get off one shot, scare the monster away, and then, you know, continue on with my game. But before I realized I could do that, I was Googling it and I found that there are quite a few people who have actually done this and who are very, very sad and disappointed. 
This is not a cool mechanic for a game or an interesting choice. This is a mistake that needs to be fixed like right now. I will say that like I do feel like this game could be significantly improved with some basic like patches, balances and bug fixes. And I have faith that Frictional will do that over the next few months. But like some of this shit, like it should not have shipped like this. Once again, I managed to fall through the floor while trying to unlock my soft locked save. That's that's not OK. <laughs> I mean, I get that this game is a little bit more low key. It's like a shorter six hour game. It costs $25, but like, come on, dog. You can't be doing that. You can't be out here doing that shit. That fucking sucks. I think the major issue this game has is that they had a lot of good ideas and they had a cool framework for how to make a game like this, but they didn't put in the time to flesh out the mechanics or make strong decisions about how those mechanics should work and it even feels like some of the stuff is just borrowed from other games which is like that's fine because they're all games that amnesia inspired but it's all just executed so poorly here like yeah you've got a monster that stalks and hunts you like an alien isolation but the monster has really shitty ai and looks dumb You've got stealth like in Alien Isolation or in Outlast, so you should be able to like hide from this monster and use stealth as like a fleshed out mechanic to possibly make your way through this very difficult game. But the stealth isn't just bad, it's like non-existent. You can crouch and, and crawl and that's about it. There aren't good hiding places, there aren't good mechanics for avoiding detection. It's more like you hear the monster and you try and stay out of its line of sight and like sometimes crouching works and sometimes you need to run and I don't know. It, it just feels like it just wasn't fleshed out and it feels like its inclusion just doesn't matter. It's also once again got this inventory management and item scarcity thing which feels borrowed directly from like a Gen 1 survival horror game but it's not fun or interesting or well done like in one of those games. It just feels like a chore and it makes the game really, really frustrating. It feels like they couldn't decide if they wanted to make a really minimalist modern horror game that calls back to all this stuff or if they want to make a really deep systems based game more like an immersive sim. And I feel like they could have made either, but they had to choose. They would have had to have chosen and they simply didn't hear. And that's like extremely, extremely frustrating, especially because we're talking about stuff that not only am I a massive fan of like immersive Sims, but also that is like kind of having a moment. The System Shock remake came out and it's like really, really great and super fun to play and like Playing a bit of that after playing, you know, the like three and a half hours I spent with this game was like so refreshing because it was like, oh, yeah, this is the thing that they were kind of trying to do, but wouldn't commit to. It's also even more frustrating because, like I said, the first two hours I spent with this game were fantastic. Like, I really loved how all of the different ideas and systems work together when you were on a really small map where like it was easier to move around it was easier to like avoid the monster when you had to and it was just more like fun and thrilling like it was full of near misses rather than like a dead stop every time you get killed by the monster 
I feel like this is also a problem in terms of the scripted and unscripted elements of the game. I feel like in those first couple hours, the unscripted stuff is really, really great. Like hearing the monster crawling around, just narrowly escaping it, like always being on your toes. That stuff is really, really cool. But then once you get into going into those like farther quadrants of the bunker and it turns into like, well, this is a scripted encounter that there's one way out of. You need to run or not run. You need to use this item or not use this item. It just becomes really, really unfun. And those scripted moments also clash with the unscripted stuff, like the generator. Okay, let's talk about the generator for a second. The utility of the generator in this game is really, really obvious. On the one hand, it's an item scarcity puzzle that you have to solve. You have to like not run it too much. You have to hoard fuel, etc., etc., etc. But on the other hand, it's also clearly meant to turn off and plunge you into darkness at times. And this is something the game does really, really well. Like those first few hours are very scary. There's lots of great like you know, moments of crawling through the dark while hearing great sound design, like it works. But then later in the game, it feels like keeping track of the generator and keeping track of that puzzle while doing other stuff is just a chore. It's not fun or interesting. It's boring. And I feel like the game would have been better had they just made the generator a scripted thing. Like, yeah, sometimes it turns off. Sometimes it turns on. Maybe throughout the game, you have to find a couple different items so you'll need to explore and do puzzles to like keep it up but it's not something that you have to constantly manage like you do in the final version of this game i feel like this game just would have been so much better with more of those elements being scripted rather than being like punishing survival horror gameplay and like i said i feel like this game could have been good if they had committed either way to either being an immersive sim or being more of an old school survival horror game but I think that the mechanics in this game are not really good enough to convince me that they could have made a great immersive sim. I think my mind just keeps going towards like, wouldn't this have been better if this shit was scripted? Like, wouldn't this have been much better if the generator had been scripted? Or if the monster slash monsters uh, flip between being procedurally generated and being scripted? like. Couldn't you have designed a better experience in this game with this set of mechanics and ideas if it was scripted rather than trying to make so much of it like procedurally generated? That's where my mind goes. And I think that like ultimately the procedurally generated unscripted stuff is supposed to make the game like fun and exciting and more engaging to return to. But for me, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, I found it made me just want to not play the game. And that's exactly what happened. I played about three and a half hours of this game. I hit so many walls and I was just fucking bored and over it. And I just stopped playing. That's not necessarily my final verdict on this game, because like I said, this game needs work. I think we're two to four patches away from it really even being presentable. And I also think that maybe at that point, enough things will be smoothed out that the procedurally generated stuff is more interesting and more fun to engage with. But yeah, right now I am just not feeling it. I don't think this game was quite ready for release and I just did not enjoy playing it. So yeah, those are my unfortunate thoughts about Amnesia the Bunker, a very strong start devolving into a game that right now I feel like I may never touch again. 
If anyone listening has any tips on how I can stop worrying and learn to love Amnesia the Bunker, please let me know because right now I'm feeling like the glasses, they do nothing. So yes, that is going to do it for today's uh, kind of low-key episode of Zero Brightness. And once again, if you liked what you heard, you can go over to the Patreon and check out more episodes like this. And you can also check out an episode that should be out tomorrow, I believe, that has me giving you more thoughts on more games, basically a bunch of stuff I bought in the Steam sale, including uh, the System Shock remake. So yes, uh, thank you for listening and hopefully I will see you over there.